Sean Capri, and welcome to We The Gamer Cast. It publishes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play every single Monday. Thank you for subscribing, for being here, for telling your friend, for telling your mom, for telling your dad, for telling your friend, and your mom's friend, and your, your friend's dad, uh, all, the, all the people. Guys, I'm, uh, I am on the struggle bus. Oh my, I, I was, even as the music was going, I'm like, am I really... Am I really doing this? Goodness gracious. Uh, man cold, man flu, COVID uh, test came back negative, uh, but I'm just, I, I'm in it, man. So we're going we're gonna to do this. And the thing is, I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I need you to listen to this episode. So I'm going to step out of the way in just a moment. But if you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have Sweet Hangs with a stranger from the internet, and we talk about life and video games, and if you want to be on the show, you just tweet at me, at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. What? I'm so, like, foggy, I don't even know if I said that right. I'm just going to keep rolling with it. I think I think I'm just bouncing off of it and relying on some, some muscle memory here, you guys. Um, goodness gracious. Hopefully you guys are doing great. I've had a really good week aside from just kind of fighting this whole thing off uh last week we had lord sovereign on the show holy crap so many wonderful people wonderful comments and everything coming in from that so thank you guys so much and um and will this this week william key uh this is a great sort of just i i didn't know what to expect like like many many um instances where i'm talking to a stranger from the internet i don't know what is going to happen and this one I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised so i'm gonna i'm gonna get into it in just a second but before i do i want to thank everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash Capri, and I would love to have one or two or even three new people join in. Come on, we're almost at 70 patrons, patreon.com slash Capri, and I want to give a special thanks to our Capremium producers, uh, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, the team that I am on and you should join, and Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive, and you can support Jonathan at youtube.com slash Entertainment. Platinum producers Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth and our gold members Argo, Benji Kong, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, Skinny Matt, and Xavier Reyes. Now, you guys, some of you who've been listening to the show know that I like to just kind of go on here for a little bit. I am... I'm not doing so good right this moment, man. I want to, and I want to get into the amazing conversation. This is this is not an indication of how good the show is. So why don't I go ahead and introduce William Key, who uh, reached out to me a while back, and um, just for scheduling reasons, it took until now for to finally have him on the show. And this is a dedicated dude. I am I am enlightened by him. I am inspired by him. I hope you guys will be as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Will Key. That's two L's, two E's. Here he is, William Key. Where are you right now? I'm actually at work. I was going to say, <laughs> you look like you're at work, so you've got like your studio on the go, man. That's the way I've been running this entire time. So, Oh, for real? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing my podcast uh, specifically from work ever since uh, Finn came into the world. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I don't have really a uh, office space at home. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's with him being so young, it's been kind of hard to always guarantee i can record at the same time no doubt every week yeah but at least at work i'm kind of in control of that so are you 
kind of got my own little space that I've got just designated for just recording podcasts. <laughs> this is new, man. This is a this is a well, I shouldn't say a first because actually Ryan Turford, uh, I, I recorded a, at least one podcast with him at his work out in, in oh, Toronto. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I really should be sharing that or not. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you don't dox him, right? You don't say where he works. Oh, I know, and it's like okay. you know, people can probably like start to put that together if you know you if you listen to enough, uh, you could probably say that. Um, but who knows? Well, maybe this is the part of the show that I don't that I don't include. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's okay. I am I am fascinated by the by the commitment though of you know can't do it at home, so I'll set up an audio like you legit have like a microphone like at your office, man. Like at your at your work. It's actually yeah. It's it's my microphone, my audio mixer. It's everything that I your mixer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can. It's like a little tiny dinky mixer. Get out of here! <laughs> Holy cow! So man. I brought it with me. It's it's portable enough. I have a bag, and I just I leave it in my locker at work. And every Friday when I go to record, I just pull it out, put it on my desk, and then I just record on my break. Oh my and god! <laughs> put it away when I'm all done. You know, I want to do. I feel like I should do like a series on this of some sort. Like, it, I'd love to like get like even just like five to seven minute stories from people like you because there's other people as well um, who kind of just like do whatever it takes to like get it done. It's like the, the passion is there, the commitment is there. Um, Kato uh, from the Nintendo Drive will tell me about her. Like, she's got like a little cart that she kind of like brings in because same same idea. Like, shared space, yeah. trying to create content with a family is. It's tricky stuff, man. Like it's it's no joke. Um, so I but I, I appreciate the dedication, dude. <laughs> well, and and the other thing too is um, so currently my wife and I we're living with her in laws right now. Just okay, u- using that as an opportunity to save money to buy Good a for house. You. Yeah. Um, so when we moved out there, uh, we didn't realize that her parents don't have internet. So None. that has been, no internet. No internet. So so that has been another. A struggle with this whole recording the podcast thing because how do you record in, in a space that doesn't have internet oh we've been renting God. we've been renting like portable portable wi-fi boxes from the library stop <laughs> yeah and so we get those every like we get them for like two weeks at a time yeah but even even then like it's very spotty because uh, that's somehow more pa- like you couldn't you can just like say Hey, we'll get the internet here. Like you can, like I don't know, I don't know what, what if I'll be overstepping or anything. So it's weird. So where where they live, they live in sort of like a gully, and I guess their neighbor, who's like up the hill a bit, yeah. is just able to reach a lot of the cell towers and everything to get like half decent internet. Oh, legit! Like it's not even of... like a choice of theirs. It's not like they just like cut the cable or something like that. It's just the internet doesn't go there. Like there's no service. It's... Yeah, and it's like it's oh, gonna cost wow. like maybe five hundred bucks to stick a tower on the property, right? And, and they they don't really want to do it. Well, They're just of course, like, it's like more money that they don't really want to spend. But yeah. they didn't realize it was an issue until we came in, and you know, sure. at our age, we're using internet a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Especially for what we do for work. So yeah. it's it's been a challenge there. But they're also seeing it now because they wait until like the end of their billing cycle to watch and download all the netflix shows mm-hmm. <laughs> on whatever data they have left on their phones basically so they're just scraping by with that <laughs> that is what it sounds like obviously there's more to life than internet but it does seem like you know i've done a couple of moves 
And, um, you know, in, in the age of the internet, it's, it seems like you're not really fully settled into your new space until the internet guy comes around and kind of like fires everything up. Like, it's such a weird thing, even though we do have, is, yeah. you know, our phones and everything are all connected. It's just like firing up a computer or a laptop or whatever it is. Seems like just, I don't know, more complete, I guess, is the only way I can really describe it. It's, oh man, what a, how long have you been living like that for? Uh, it's say about a year and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. So does, is there any getting used to it or is it always, you know, you've always been with internet. Is there any getting used to <laughs> living without internet? Um, yeah, I, thankfully they have cable. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. so we can, we can just watch a lot of like TV. We got really big into like 90 Day Fiance, The Bachelor, Survivor. <laughs> like I just hopped on to everything that my wife mm-hmm. was watching um, and, you know, all the other cable shows. And then when we get the portable Wi-Fi, then we go to town. We just yeah. like, download everything in my backlog for uh, Netflix, everything for like PlayStation, anything yeah. that has just been sitting in a download. Sure. I can just access. Yeah. You really have to plan it ahead. You Like I would have like <laughs> lists and everything like notebooks and everything just like ready to go. Okay. When I get my internet, I'm going to be doing these things. Cause it's, it's such a, it's kind of reminds me of when I first got internet, honestly, like when I got like dial up and I don't know if you were, like had this situation as well, but like we had, I don't know what it was like maybe a hundred minutes a month or something. Like it was measured in minutes. Right. And yeah. as soon as you dialed into it, it was like the countdown was on. Like you need to know you're going to this place and then you're going to this place and then that's it. You got to make sure that you you cut it off. It was it was almost like calling long distance, but with the yeah. Internet, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, well, I'm a, I, I'm a couple of years younger than you. So if anything, that might have been a struggle that my parents sure. dealt with a bit more. But, um, yeah, no, I just I went to town on the Internet when I was younger. I didn't even care. Like really, I was downloading everything. Yeah. I, I was on the internet all the time, so I can't imagine what their bill must have been like. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm kind of like, oh no! Now I have to pay the bill. This is uh, I got to watch what I'm <laughs> what I'm watching. Watch well, what yeah, I'm downloading. Now it's now it's data caps for some people. We're lucky enough that we don't have any data caps here. So I just kind of this is I, I'm in this situation. I feel like I was eventually meant to be here in terms of content creation and just completely and undeniably inescapably connected to the internet and reliant and dependent on the internet just for just for everything like it runs my calendars it runs i mean this of course like so many things it's like i am interacting with the internet far too often actually so i'm really kind of intrigued by this notion of maybe maybe there's a way do you, I'm being hyperbolic, but there's a, obviously a way to survive without internet. Like it's actually, it seems kind of nice actually. It, and, and that's the thing too, is I, I definitely enjoy those moments where I feel I can disconnect. Yeah. And at least with the, the option of data, I'm not completely cut off, totally. but I know that there's a, a limit to how much I can use before I cap out and everything runs slower. Sure. Um, yeah. But I do look forward to the day that when I, you know, when we do finally get our own space <laughs> and I can get the home office set up, which mm-hmm. I've been talking about with my wife for years, oh, like yeah. when I can finally get the home office set up, mm-hmm. set up all the nice collectibles on the wall and make it really look nice, get my equipment all upgraded and everything like that. Yeah. Then I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it's, like, well, it's, it's nice to look forward to it, dude. I, that, that's awesome, man. So. You know, I've been I've been doing a little bit a little bit of digging uh, around in some of your. I was listening to some of your podcasts and uh, reading some of your blog and stuff. I'm I'm curious, like this. I'm actually quite surprised 
to hear this part of the story because uh, some of the blog posts I was reading, it sounds like um, things have been a a bit of a struggle to like kind of get started. So now it's just like you obviously found a different gear. You obviously found something else to get over whatever struggles you were having before. So maybe kind of like walk me through some of the some of the challenges you were seeing before and getting started with creativity, but now you're on a, you know, you're doing your regular podcast. You've kind of got things flowing. Do you feel like things are better? And how did you get there? I definitely say there it's, it's a lot better now. Good for and you. I think in the past with a lot of the content I was making, I think I was relying too much on getting other people to kind mm-hmm. of help me with it. Whereas I realized for most of the content I was making, whether it be on YouTube, through a blog, through podcasting i was always kind of the consistent driving force for whatever project i was working on yep so i thought to myself like i mean i'm just kind of holding myself back basically if i'm you know holding out for somebody else to come and help me with the content sure you know what's stopping me from just sitting down and doing it myself yeah so it just basically came down to well i have the equipment Mm -hmm. i've done this before um you know i have the the voice i have the the ability to write the script. Yeah. Just sit down and do it. Yeah. And so I did it and I started this podcast funny enough just before COVID took off. Yeah. Like last February. And I mean, my name, the podcast, like it's called the outbreak podcast. So it poor name aside, it kind of fell behind in, in sort of the, uh, like the search for, well, everything that had to do with COVID and you started it and before stuff. that, like that was an actual accident that you called it the outbreak, and then there's this pandemic. <laughs> yes, exactly. I didn't, I didn't really plan for that, but outbreak has always kind of been a word that's been associated with my quote unquote brand. Sure, it's because uh, funny enough, stems back to an old Resident Evil game. Nice outbreak on the mm-hmm. PlayStation that I was a huge fan of, and yeah. I'm still a huge advocate for them remaking that game somehow for current yeah. gen consoles even though there's like no chance in hell that they're that they're looking to do it because yeah. you know it's it's never going to be the way it, it was back in the day like that game was i think one of the last games to sort of implement like the fixed camera sure like yeah and so you know they've gone kind of with first person these days that's sort of in this new era mm. of resident evil games so yeah, the callbacks for the remake, so too, don't they? Like, I don't know. Like, does that sort of scratch St. Mitchell? Like, are you still good with where they are, where where they're at with the remakes with two and three? Um, like, kind of a I like, reimagining. I like that they're finally doing two and three because it mm-hmm. felt like for a long time, and I think a lot of my frustration around that series was that it did feel like they were just kind of recycling Resident Evil One over and over again right. for all the new consoles, and yeah. I'm like. As soon as I hear that they're porting it to like the Wii Wii U, I was like, oh my God, like this game is like 20 years old and it's mm-hmm. still, they're still trying to sell it to the console on a disc. Like, yeah. <laughs> why don't we touch something else? And then eventually they, uh, you know, they announced that they're going to do Resident Evil 2. And I'm like, okay, you know, this, this should be good. Yeah. Then Resident Evil 7 took off and I'm like, okay, that's amazing. But it seemed like after the release of PT that like they, it seemed like Resident Evil saw, success with that they Mm -hmm. were like okay we can use that as sort of inspiration for our games and then they just you know they've been flying high ever since like i have to say that you have a similar like kind of glimmer in your eye when you talk about resident evil that ryan (laughs) turford gets when he talks about final fantasy 14 or world of warcraft or some of the others like this is this is this one's special to you isn't it it 
Definitely. And I think it all goes back to Outbreak uh, because I was playing that. Um, I was like 12 or 13. So yeah. like before, like Internet really was like good on like Xbox and PlayStation 3. I mean, it was all a work in progress. But on like the PS2, it was like you had to have a network adapter to play. You were never guaranteed a full play session because, <laughs> you know, yeah. if it was kind of part dial up Internet, too. So if your yeah, parents man. got on the phone, you were kicked oh, out of a server. Yeah. So but, oh, it was it was a lot of fun. And I I will always sing praises of that game. To yeah. anybody who asked me, especially anybody who asked me, well, why do you use Outbreak in your name for right. everything? Yeah. I'm like, well, that's why. <laughs> I love that. I love that because it's not, it's not like you don't really hear that every day. You, like, you often hear about like more, maybe some of the more mainline. If you're going to hear anything about Resident Evil, you're definitely going to hear one of those. Like, it's a, it's a deep cut, man. Like, that's obviously, and I, you made, you made me think of something. I just jotted down here. I think all of us should look back to the games that were coming out when we were 12 or 13 years old, you know, what year was that for, for any of us? And I feel like there may be something there. Like if we're, mm-hmm. I don't know that. Cause I don't know that I've ever really thought of that for me. That would have been, that would have been 1996, 1997. So, I mean, that's like N64 golden. I, you know, I think half-life was somewhere in there as well. Uh, Unreal, maybe 98. So yeah, that, and that is, those are the, those are the games for me when I think back to like some of my formative years, some of my most precious memories, like playing games, it was, it was those years actually, as it turns out, 1996 through 1998. I mean, but I mean, I feel like anybody gaming at that point in time, probably having a good time. I think, uh, I think Ocarina of Time, oddly enough, was, was in and around there as well. But yeah. It's hard not to look back fondly on those years for sure. Right. right. those specific years, but then also like, cause it changes obviously for everybody. Like when, when were you 12 or 13? Like, uh, I think it's a question that everybody should ask themselves. So yeah, you said you're a little bit younger than me. I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't quite place Resident Evil Outbreak. Like when, when did that come out? Uh, Resident Evil, the first one, 2003. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. quite a bit different there. Yeah. 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 What the, so what the heck else came out in 2003? Like what were some of like the better games that came out in 2000, around that time when you're kind of in your pre-teen, mm. early teen years, man? Well, I mean, I if I was still playing on the PlayStation, yeah, I know Resident, Resident Evil 4 was just around the corner. If I'm yeah, still thinking Resident Evil. A lot of people jump to that. A lot of people jump to Resident Evil 4. Like my first time play, playing Resident Evil 4 was on was on the Wii, actually. Like playing with the full-on motion controls playing in my room probably in college at some point in that time if that makes any sense i think so um funny yeah. enough too actually now that i'm thinking about that it's not even 2003 but i think 2005 for me was probably like a big year because yeah it was sort of like the end uh, i was closing in on like the end of myself playing the playstation 2 mm-hmm. a number of my favorite games i think came from that year like shadow yeah. of the colossus was 2005 oh yeah man um rock stars like the warriors came out in 2005 i never played I that one Oh, so if you know the movie, if the movie The Warriors that came out in 1979, so Rockstar makes this game um, centered around this these characters in this movie The Warriors, but adds so much more like content to sort of give it sort of a backstory. Yeah, but then also you know the game sort of takes place around the events of the movie as well. And it's like a GTA Um, like open world kind of thing. Like they did Bully and a couple others, or like was it sort of experimental? It's not it's not as much like GTA. It's probably a little more like like bully because it's like it has that feeling of an open world, but it's really not. It's mm-hmm. sort of like an open world, but like 
kind of a linear story. Sure. Yeah. Like you, that makes you sense around that and, time. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was like a brawler. It was like a a multiplayer brawler game. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. can kind of create your own gang gangs and you yeah. can go into multiplayer events like King of the Hill, like, For sure. like a death match. I don't recall it being online, but I remember much like Outbreak, it felt like there was just so much content that and so much replayability with the amount of stuff that they gave you. Yeah. That I was just I I think I spent hours and hours just you know, playing, I think I what the Warriors was probably one of the only games I actually got 100% completion I on. I love that. That's the thing. Like, those yeah. are, there's special games in our lineage that, for whatever reason, they compel us to just, like, beat the crap out of them. Like, play every damn inch of them, dude. Like, <laughs> that's so amazing. Like, and you really kind of got my mind rolling here, Will, a little bit. Like, this is something, I think we might have to partner on this a little bit. We Like, we might have to go reach out to some people about, and we can kind of, like, walk through your timeline here as well. Like, determining, like, what are some of the key moments or milestones in like a gamer's life, really. It's like, you know, what are your, some of your first games? That's often what we'll talk about here. But I do think like skipping to like your teenage years, like what were you playing around then? Like there's something to be said about that. So maybe there's like three things. It's like, what are you, some of your first gaming memories? Those are really special. What were you playing in your teen years? And then like, what's in your kind of like adult life? Cause I think that there's, you just look a, the games themselves are going to change. And this question could be different for everybody because they're all, we're all kind of at different points in our lives. Um, but yeah, dude, like, I think this is, I think this is kind of really neat. So let's jump to, <laughs> let's jump to sort of like adult will, like whatever you, whatever that means for you. If it's like 18 or for me, like 36, uh, <laughs> when I became an adult, um, like what's a, what's a game that sort of like went like, okay, maybe there's at a, yeah, you're at a new point in your life. Maybe there, maybe you're a new dad. Like, is there a game now that you're kind of playing that that is representative? Or maybe you'll, you'll look back in ten years and go, "Yeah, my 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 thirties or whatever you're at. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's the game." Yeah. So it's funny enough. Uh, I'd say the first half of this year, I was I put so many hours into Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was just kind of pulling together as much like fragmented time as i could to play between Mm -hmm. dealing with a new baby dealing with work sure and like my work schedule being you know 12 hours a day five days a week god rotating schedules right so this week i'm working nights doing 12 hours so it's like where can i find the time between that to really put in hours so it took me about six months to actually finish the story of ghost of tsushima so i'd say like that's one that's like more recently come to mind. Otherwise, it's like I just got a switch for my birthday this year. Oh, nice! Uh, so now I've now I feel like I've got so much more to catch up on there. No kidding! <laughs> I've been waiting for a switch for years, and I uh, with my like birthday money, I got uh, Pokemon Shield, I got Breath of the Wild, I got New Super Mario Brothers like U Deluxe. So I've got those three to kind of you know satisfy my itch for now so are you and more then, able to tackle those because it's a switch because it's portable like because it took you half a year to do ghost but that would have been stuck at home like are you able to like because you just listed like based on your timeline and i'm in a similar boat to you like it takes me months and months to finish these games like you just listed i think three or four years worth of game gameplay you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> are you more able to get to them now uh i'd say so i yeah i, I find a way to make time and i think now with with finn being at close closing in on a year yeah and us kind of getting into more of a comfortable routine with him sure i've been able to sort of find those moments here and there to mm-hmm. allow myself to play 
I've I've been daunted by like bigger games like Ghost of Tsushima though. Me I too. find that I'm going towards games that I feel like I can complete, you know, games that are more like a six to eight hour game rather than like a twenty plus hour game. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm playing uh Infamous Second Son, oh, which yeah. is a game that a friend let me. Yeah, but not a I six figured hour game, I was sure. Exactly. I was looking at that on my shelf versus Fallout Four. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> so I'm like, do I really want to follow get four. into <laughs> Yeah, this one's quick. <laughs> I was, but, I mean, again, I, I've, I've started Infamous, and, you know, I'm already a month in. So I love I that game, really been, Yeah, I, I was surprised. So I haven't played the first two. Yeah. My friend lent me this one just because I was looking for other things to play. Mm-hmm. I guess I had caught up on my backlog. He gives me about, like, five or six different games to play. I yeah. kind of... Pick and you know, pick my way through a couple. I already had a couple of indie games downloaded too, so I've been kind of just like going around and just trying different things, seeing what works for me, seeing what doesn't, mm-hmm. and landed on Infamous, and so that's kind of my current playthrough right now. Yeah, it might actually yeah. work out to your benefit. I, I mean, I played all the Infamous games, even though people will you know call me names about Xbox and whatnot. Uh, I played <laughs> all of those games. And I still really, really enjoyed Second Son and First Light. Like, all of them, man. I really, um, goodness gracious, that that studio, uh, Sucker Punch, is so, so good, so talented. But, yeah, I think for some people, they maybe were holding on to something with the first two games, and that might have detracted their opinion on the on the third one eventually. So, yeah, it might actually work out to your benefit. Um, you know, and that's that's the kind of the thing that maybe you're kind of landing on here as as we're as we're getting a little bit older, Will, and we're we're you know getting closer to our walkers and whatnot. Um, yeah. <laughs> is that the appeal of the six hour game is real, man? Like it's something that I remember actually asking people on this show because I've been doing this now for coming up on six years in December, and I remember asking people who were dads uh, well before me who had you know kids five, six, seven, eight years old. And and they're like some of their favorite games and they were specifically specifically looking for three, four hour games. And it's like I just didn't I didn't understand it, you know, and it was one of those learning moments that I'm I'm grateful that I have these conversations recorded because I can listen back and just kind of think I've really at least my perspective has changed. I don't know necess- necessarily know how much I've grown. I, I'd like to think that I have, but I my perspective has definitely shifted on that. I've appreciated different kind of outlooks on all those different things where I just literally, the guy was telling me I, I my, my favorite games of the year were are three hours. And I specifically ignore the, the epics so that I can play these ones. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I didn't get it, but yeah, man, that's that, that seems to be something. And I think it's just as the entire gamer base kind of ages, then that's really where you have all these different games that can live and survive and thrive and, and developers can explore all these different things. Well, and going back to what you were uh, we were talking about earlier about the games that you're playing when you were a teenager versus yeah. when you were an adult. Yes. My high school years were dedicated a lot to playing online. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause my friends and I, we all had the same schedule cause of school. We'd come home, we'd put on modern warfare. We'd be playing that or we'd be playing halo three. Yeah. We'd be playing that for hours. Right. Uh, red dead one as well. I played oh a bit my of gosh, that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I found as I got into college and then, adult life that i didn't have as much time to play multiplayer and Mm -hmm. then now with a a lot of the games that i've been playing it's been mostly single player story driven games man and that's where i tend to lean more towards like it's not to say that i won't ever return to a a multiplayer game like that but i don't know if i'm gonna be able to dedicate as much time to the multiplayer side of it as Mm -hmm. i would like to like 
have back in the day. There were there were moments, and again, like this, it's so funny to if anybody were ever to go back and listen to all of these conversations, it'd be super embarrassing and cringeworthy, I'm sure. But also, like my my opinion and kind of stance on various games and what my approach, like I would often kind of, I don't know, this is one of the reasons I like podcasting. I want to get into like your journey as well. Like I like to just explore the idea, but then also try to like make sense of kind of my obsession, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, because at a certain point I wanted to have, like I was all single player games and it didn't even matter like what the length was particularly, but I just wanted something that would have like a beginning, middle and end. And I remember talking about that for years and years. And then I've shifted into, you know, maybe I don't even have time to finish something. And in which case, an endless experience actually became really appealing to me where, like, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter if I played it for a half an hour or six hours, like, I actually wasn't getting any closer to the end. And for some reason, that clicked in my mind, right? Like, like a that's where Call of Duty actually came, like, way back into the forefront for me, because I just had no hope of finishing a game. So I'll just, you know, play a little bit of multiplayer. So it's just, it's just really interesting that there's never really been a point in time, at least for me, on like an extended period of time where I've just stayed the same. I'm going for the exact same type of game. And and my end realization is just I'm open to anything, man. So and life is changing for you too. Yeah, absolutely. And and I am open to anything as well. Um what was I gonna say? I do you find too that like do you have a hard time playing multiple games that are have different like control schemes or different like do you have a hard time going from something that's story driven to something that's more like like a shooter like i find i i tend to bounce or what i've I've, and again this is maybe just this point in time for me 2021 um is i have tried a couple of games i'll kind of bounce to this and go like okay cool i'll have a little taste go have a little taste and then i'll and then i'll land on something that i'm gonna go all in on that has been sort of like the the pretty common theme at least in 2021 where i did like I, i i've kind of finished i've actually been finishing games so that's been kind of exciting for me but yeah i don't really bouncing around and and if i i could i couldn't be like all in on two games at once i guess maybe to answer the question like yeah you know and i don't know if it's the same for you like how do you I mean, now you got so many options you, you kind of are able to explore a whole bunch at once so are you overloaded at all um i possibly but i don't i don't definitely feel like i'm overloaded well that's good don't I, let me freak you out <laughs> no no it's okay i'm just i'm trying to think because like i i've always been the type of person at least probably in my adult years now, if I'm put, putting one game on, if it's Ghost of Tsushima, I am, I am all in on Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. I, I have a hard time, unless it's something smaller, I can't be playing like a Ghost and Fallout. Like I can't be playing two big games at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, totally. I almost need like, I guess you'd call it like a palate cleanser, maybe something that's a little, like one of the smaller indie games, like something mm-hmm. like, Something I've been kind of popping on every so often is like Enter the Gungeon. Oh yeah, um, and it's sort of just like, like I don't ever anticipate I'm going to beat that game, mm-hmm. but it's just something to sort of just break up a big one big game from another big game to yeah. just do like a quick like couple of play sessions. The one game that was like that for me back in the day, and it's going to top my list of like all time favorite games of all time, Rock Band. Oh I, yeah, I was heavy into Rock Band in high school mm-hmm. uh, and even into college. Um, I finished on Rock Band three, but I spent basically all of my like part time money on downloadable songs. Yeah, man. I have close. <laughs> when I stopped downloading songs, I had about nine hundred and fifty songs on my get game. lost. Oh my, you were the whale <laughs> for them, man. Like you were the. Whale. Was, if anybody yeah. was ever asking why do they keep putting out songs, it's like, well, I'm like, I'm here. 
please. And but they're still doing it today too. Yeah, I, know, I keep I check unreal. back every so often because I I mean I haven't been caught up with Rock Band Four, mm-hmm. but a lot of the music that they've released now it's the the popular top forty radio songs, which is weird. Yeah, you know for you know a company that was specifically making songs around like you know let's put out the new like Judas Priest album or they'll yeah. put out like Guns N' Roses or something and it's like. I- I feel like Why one of the I first ones I remember Justin was Bieber. like <laughs> I, I feel like one of the first ones I remember was like Megadeth had like a had a full album. And I man, I'm they I'm, had two. Yeah, they had two albums on yeah. the game. And that was yeah. Rock Band as well, because I'm trying to remember if it was I feel like it was Rock Band. They felt like they they led on that DLC front. And the the notion mm-hmm. of just like getting a whole album, because it was always just like a single song or maybe one or two here and there, and they just went like, Well, here's the whole damn thing. And it yeah. was almost it must have been Rock Band because um Metallica was on was on guitar here and that was all about that one dude like it didn't matter like it got to the point i remember when rock band first came out it's like ooh, that's pretty pricey like i was that was college days for me i was definitely being a little mindful of stuff but once once the floodgates opened like once you kind of like let yourself just be open to the idea that like this guitar and game is going to cost you whatever it was like a 100 bucks or something it's like all right well i guess i'll just get whatever the hell i need i'm gonna get all the drums and the pads and the you know all the extra there's so much money just like completely dumped into that franchise and that's the thing too i still have my my drum my original drum set Mm -hmm. the keyboards the drum set's got a big like hole in the red uh circles (laughs) but i take it with me wherever i go right now it's currently sitting covered up in my shed because Mm -hmm. i don't have any room in my place for it right and you can't bring yourself to get rid of it right like you just no one day what system (laughs) one day was it ps3 or 360 the 360 yeah yeah same i mean i guess i I don't know what the compatibility on that is like yeah but that's also part of the reason why i didn't get rock band 4 is because i went back to playstation 4 and uh, I never got yeah. the Xbox One. If I got an Xbox One, I Just probably would have been able to carry it over. But yeah. I, I was like, you know what? I don't want to spend any more of my hard-earned money on the songs. <laughs> I think I've kind of that was my era where I was playing rock band. I think... If anything, I'll just pop it on once in a while with friends and just relive the good old days of yeah. a lot of the songs I still have. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, no, the, that, <laughs> that was an interesting time. That is a, that is a new one to go specifically to the other platform so that your like your your stuff doesn't go along with you it's like xbox seems to like work so hard to just like bridge the gaps between these consoles you know like i specifically do not want that bridge to be gapped or gap to be bridged i don't want any of that stuff i want to leave it all behind that was that was old will or young well, will, exactly no no my wife would not be happy with me if she knew that i was spending countless amounts of our hard-earned money on songs <laughs> it's, it, well yeah and it's either the, the 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 money that's being spent or the the noise like these things you get so lost in the game it's one of those things that you just anybody who played rock band back in the day will remember just like that feeling that's what was so special about it. especially if you played with friends you're having such a good time and you were the music you were the band but if you weren't playing and if you're just like walking in on that group of people, just like making a, a racket in that room, like it sounded disastrous, dude. It was just like, <laughs> thunk, thunk, thunk. And you're just like, but if you're playing it, you felt like you were making the music. Just a total and, disconnect. Yeah. Me and my friends, we all played on Expert. We had our own little plastic rock band. We would mm-hmm. get together, play everything on Expert. If we had a party and we had it set up, you know, you'd have a couple of friends that yep. are a little rusty. They're playing it on easy and mm-hmm. over tapping on notes. And you're sitting there going like, oh, can I just get on right now so I can just. <laughs> no fail. Everybody's going to be gift. like, whoa, how do you hit all those notes so fast? And it's like, 
because I'm, I'm just, godly just as a guitar musical. man. I yeah, don't know exactly. what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, so, I don't know how to play a real guitar. So, did like, it ever make you want to learn? Like, did it ever like scratch that itch or push you in that direction at all? I had my moments where I, yeah. I tried to pick up the guitar. I was always more akin to drums. I yeah. actually did drum lessons when I was a kid. Oh, um, nice. But then my my uh, parents kind of pulled me out because I guess I don't know. It could have been more budgetary things for parents on their side. Dude, the same thing, though, like with the noise <laughs> factor, man. And I even sometimes listen to you, whether it's on like YouTube shorts or whatever, like every now and then like a drummer will come up and it's like, man, you're really good. And that still is not like a sound I think I want to just hear in the house, you know, like it's just it's just a racket. It really is. Well, that's why I, I always like tell myself like, oh, you know, maybe if I get my own garage one day, I'll put a drum set in there. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, but am I going to play it often? Like, yeah. let's be real. Like, there's only so many hours in a day. And like, is that something that I'm real? If I'm going to get into something, I have to really get into it. Right. And that was one of the things with podcasting is that I knew that if I was going to get into it, I had to be consistent with it. Because yeah. if I drop off for one week, two weeks, I'm done. Like, it's I'm going to be hard to, you know, get me back into that routine. Well, well you, you just you just missed a week. I don't want to. I don't want to see it, but <laughs> you just Well, did. you know what? I, I I will give myself a week sometimes. It, uh, because right now, you know. I'm just kidding. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, 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 but Only because I mean, you brought it up. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but I, I'm like, I made a mental note. I'm like, oh, don't no. bring up the week off. Don't bring up the week off. And then you did it. So I'm like, all right, well, I got I to gotta at least. Well, I'm sorry. That was Bust just poor balls. timing on my part. No, no. That's, <laughs> well, but you do it solo. Like that's the commendable part about it. And there is, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like this for this show is probably like the easiest of it. Just like fire up a Skype call and just like chat with people and whatever. It is the, um, it's the solo part that can be tricky. Like I do solo, like kind of intro for this. And then also um, exclusively for, for patrons, the pants patron podcast. And it's like, that is, that is hard. Like that is definitely something I don't often talk about, but it, like I, I was excited to have you on. Cause it's like, you do that every week and that's your show. Like that's really, that is really tricky, man. So how have you, again, like just going over the, the challenges and the, the start and stops you've had in years past. Now you've chosen a format that, yeah, you don't have to rely on other people, but it, it it's a trade-off completely. Like you can't count on other people. You've got no backup kind of thing. So talk to me about that. I think it took it took till I finally got like consistent with making this podcast that I realized I I'm not necessarily doing it for money. I'm not necessarily totally. doing it for the views necessarily. As yeah. long it's the one thing in my life right now that it like if I, as long as I'm doing something creative, yeah. get, getting those those itches scratched, you know what yeah. I mean? It's it's hard enough because, you know, I'm in a field of work right now that I obviously I didn't go to school to do what I do now. Yeah, I, I did go to school for journalism. I did film and television as well. Oh, wow. But they're hard interest, industries to get into. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of it is based in the city. The city is expensive to live in. So mm-hmm. the commute is also, you know, tenuous to to do every week where are so you I, and what do you do i actually don't know the answer what where are oh, you oh yeah uh, you're in so canada I'm, yeah i'm in i'm in ontario okay uh, just outside of toronto basically uh without doxing myself i'd say <laughs> what I'd is say your exact I'm, location well <laughs> no i'd say I'm, i'd say i'm about 10 15 minutes west of brampton okay uh, yeah. which is one of the major cities in in the gta out here um kind of hard because we don't have like a consistent 
go like go train schedule so i can't always commute to the city but i do work in town like where i where i live yeah um and so the commute right now is 10 minutes which compared to what i was doing back in the day i was taking about an hour and a half there an hour and a half back usually involved transferring from a subway to a train and the city always made me anxious too just because it was just so busy yeah and I just wanted I think I didn't realize until I got older like how much I do enjoy just the quiet and Honestly. The, just the peace of coming home and not having to be around people all the time. Right. Cuz you grew so, up in a busy city like that that, that was kind of just always? I did. I grew up in uh, Mississauga actually, okay. um just outside of Toronto and yeah, compared to where I am now it's just it's you know, stoplights every 2 feet like yeah. the speed limit so so like it restrictive and I'm out in the country. I can go 80, 90 kilometers an hour and not hit a stoplight for like 10 minutes. It's great. I yeah, feel like, <laughs> yeah, it's just nice to get out and just, you know, take in the fresh air, take in all the, you know, all the country, all the just life out there. Right. Was that work and or family that sort of like made the change? Cause I'm always interested in this. I, I likely will be in this exact, <laughs> in my chair right here, I'll be here for the next 30 years apparently. Um, <laughs> But I'm like, I live, you know, 20, 25 minutes away from where I grew up. I, 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 I am not going to be, I don't think changing lifestyle in that sense. But yeah. when people do, I kind of like tap in my ears perk up a little bit and as to like why and what was that like? Because I kind of talk about this often about growing up in school and not really understanding like truly the seemingly unlimited options there are for careers and even just like the way to go about life. That's why I love doing the shows because I get to discover all these different things. So I'm curious, how did you come to like move away from the city into a little bit more like free open space, just living like a really different kind of day to day to your life? Well, I'd say part of it was just, I think, I don't want to throw it all on my wife. I don't want to say, oh, my wife forced me to uh, move out to the country. Like sure. she she was born and raised in, in the area that I live. Um, so that was part of it. I just wanted to be where she was for the most part. There you go. Um, but I also felt like um, for my upbringing that I did feel like I lived a very kind of sheltered life. Mm-hmm. I, I did kind of feel like I wanted to get out from that yeah. and sort of just Wherever I ended up, whether it be within the city or be out in the country, I just wanted to have my own space. Yeah. And just my own place to call home. It just so happened to be that we, you know, got we stayed comfortable out in the country. And I'm yeah. I'm totally cool with it. Even if I were to continue to live here for the rest of my life. Like yeah. I can't imagine going back to Mississauga. Um, as much as there's that pull. Every time I go back to the city, it just with all the construction and new buildings popping up, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like the same city. Yeah. So and I guess that's how you know, too, that like, yeah, you know, you've you spent you enough right time choice. away from a city that it's like doesn't really feel like home to you after yeah. a while. So it's yeah. like, OK, this is my home now and I'm happy with it. And as long as like wherever we end up in the next couple of years, when we finally look to buy a home, mm-hmm. uh, could be even farther out from Toronto. Who the, who the heck knows depending right. on housing prices. Right. I, as long as I've got my family with me, um, that's, that's home really. Right. Dude, that sounds so like, that sounds so gratifying. Like, and even like you're, you really are like you're, you're ear to ear. Like you're really like, you seem, you seem good, man. And I wasn't sure what I was expecting. Cause again, like you kind of do a little bit of, um, 
I, I, I try to, at least, especially when it's a tr- like a, we're, we're strangers up until this point, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, well, I'll try to, to find out what I can. And I was, I'm actually kind of pleasantly surprised, to be honest with you. You seem very, just very at ease, like very, you seem good. You, like, are you, like, how are you? I, today was a hard day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Since I, you brought it up. But, but. Let's be honest, Sean. I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time, right? And especially today, I knew it was happening. I wanted to make sure that everything was sort of set in place. I knew that after this, I have nothing to worry about. My my day is basically done. Is it? I mean, you know, I've been dealing with like issues with the car and everything like that. It's like little things here and there that kind of get my anxiety going and Mm -hmm. have me sort of like not, I'm not in my right like headspace. And then I've been especially in the last like month or two, really trying to sort of hone in before it gets really bad, just on what is bothering me. Yeah. Trying to do like regular, like gratitude checks and just really appreciate what I have now, because in the sort of the situation that we're in, you know, not everybody wants to live with their in-laws. Not everybody really wants to live in sort of a shoebox, you know, and not have, enough money saved up for a home yet, but still be working at it day to day. Right. Mm -hmm. Obviously. And internet, that would be a nice thing to have. Right. But I also then have to turn around and say, well, what do I have right now? That is good. Well, I have a loving, supportive wife that Mm -hmm. is, you know, she's my rock. She's my constant. I have the beautiful son who is, you know, I've always wanted to have a family. Right. So to have a son and, and to see like, He's like a little version of me, right? Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I'm super appreciative to my in-laws. Of you know, course. they for giving us the the space that we can create to sort of help save up to buy a home. Um, and so, yeah, and I'm a super appreciative that. of my job. You know, I've, obviously, I'm 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 making money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not like destitute or anything like that. So it's it's things are going well. Good for you. Know, you. And it's just sort of maintaining my sort of anxiety um here and there i'm not like clinically diagnosed with like anxiety or stuff but i've had little like anxious moments here and there much like everybody does you know what i mean (laughs) yeah so not to yeah it's just one of those things that it's just uh you know i was i was anxious when i first became a father because it was a new sort of thing in life and then anything new that's thrown at me you know i've just been kind of dealing with it and then just learning from it and then realizing like I shouldn't I don't have to worry about it you know Mm -hmm. what I mean it's you know I just I can't let every little thing you know send me over the edge because then I'm just not going to be doing anybody any good right to be just stressing all the time I think that is the thing that I'm picking up on here is you have adaptability and this is always the thing when somebody tells me that they've moved from like where they grew up they moved away from that like it almost always it coincides with this sense of whatever happens, happens, and I'll just kind of deal with it. Like there is that always se- kind of seem that seems to be a theme, you know, and I think about like Brock McLaughlin, who had who's one of my first guests on the show. Like he was he was a lot like that as well, moved around a lot and just is it, th- that's a strength. That's a huge strength to be able to go. I guess we'll just figure it out, man. Like, and yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's always going to be challenges, but I'm so glad to hear your self-reflectiveness and also, you know, the, um, you put your ego aside and yeah, the gratitude for the, for the in-laws I actually think is, is something to be, to, to really hold on to, you know, we, I live maybe 
eight minutes away from my mother-in-law and it's like it's awesome man it's so so good to be close to family. i haven't been like in the same building as family uh for an extended period yeah. of time but um you know when when something like that happens in your life like complete change it is it's good to have somebody like that around you know and i hope that that's that's a good situation for you guys absolutely yeah you know and you know we had our fair share of like growing pains with living with them you know what i mean because they're it's their space and we're kind of in their space now with a baby yeah so there's been a lot of adjusting to that i can't imagine yeah but it's you know what like we always figure it out and Mm -hmm. you know i i love them like my own parents obviously because they're like they're basically parents now yeah so of course um but yeah it's um I will always be super appreciative at the end of the day, but it's one of those things that as we're living in their space um, and then creating our own little space within that space, it's just mm-hmm. like boundaries are very important, but also for sure we want to feel as though we can call the place that we're at home and not have to, you know, worry about like, Oh, I don't want to overstep in certain places. Like, yeah. cause right now we're also <laughs> one big concern. We only have one shower in the house. So we're all using the same oh shower. Oh my God, Will, so, that is devastating. And, and, oh and my I, gosh. the first couple of months I was always coming upstairs with my little towel and, and yeah. their clothes and be like, do you mind if I take a shower now? Right. Like, can I, <laughs> and I still kind of do that sometimes, but now I'm just kind of like, Oh wait, this is my home. I mean, as long as nobody's in the shower, I'll just pop in. I would be you know, the same way. As... <laughs> I would be absolutely the exact same way. What about at work? Like, could you, could you shower? <laughs> like, and also, uh, well, yeah. actually, I mean, that's a whole other thing. I don't want to, I don't need, I don't need to get into exactly where you're bathing. <laughs> um, but like you're putting in the time, right? Like you, you mentioned before you're working 12 days or 12 hour days, five days a week. Like you're, you're busting your tail. You, this is because of a, like, is it the goal of having the house? It's motivation with the family and everything. Like that's all really driving you right now. When I started at this job, it was to help pay down a lot of debt that we yeah. had accumulated. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now it's definitely I, I when I started at this job, I was just kind of a regular grunt worker, I guess sure. you would say, just mm-hmm. kind of on the floor. In three years, I've worked my way up to a supervisor position. Yeah. So I've kind of put in time and it's just it, it was the first job I felt like. You know, you you give, you do good work, and you're rewarded in a certain way, whether it, it be with. Be. I love that. You know, with and and that was always my my goal was I want to be in a environment where I feel like I can grow within the company mm-hmm. and that they're willing to challenge me, because I've always felt as though, and not you know not to put it mean like this, but there are some places that kind of take advantage of of workers, right? Oh, yeah. If they know that they have a good worker, and that as long as they don't, you know talk to their boss and ask for a raise or anything like that, that it's like, Oh, well, we'll just continue to keep just piling more and more on them. Yeah. Right? And now I'm in a position where I have to run a shift of like five or six other guys and mm-hmm. you're learning to deal with different guys and what makes guys tick. Um, and we have some guys that are fairly quiet, but they do the work and they're good workers, but it's just dealing with all that. And now I have to, sort of be the fixer for a lot of yeah. problems. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, so if, if something goes wrong, I'm to blame now. Yep. Oh, darn. Like, so that's been an adjustment. But I always kind of saw myself in, in a role like this. And yeah. I've always tried to push for this kind of role. And you. I think even with my past endeavors creatively, when I was doing like my old podcast and working with friends and stuff like that, I always kind of took the sort of de facto leader role Mm -hmm. um just because i i mean 
I don't know. I just felt like that was just something that I could excel at, I guess, yeah. because I always saw myself and I still see myself as an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was one area where, okay, well, I can, if I'm introverted and stuff in my personal life, I can come here and throw a mask on and be <laughs> extroverted, be yeah. a leader, be able to, you know, use my voice and speak up and, you know, have something to say. So Gamers will rise up, man. Gamers yeah. in, in leadership positions, you know, I, t- I, t- I was talking to my team earlier today about like, I gamify everything, you know, yeah. it's like everything's leveling up and everything's like doing, you know, evolving and you know, everything like that. And it's, it's funny how that seems to be the case. And also, um, I think as Finn gets a little bit older too, you'll probably find like the, the striking similarities between like managing a team and like raising a family kind of a thing. It's just like, wait, like, it just becomes, at least for me, it's become like abundantly clear. And, and sometimes I have to watch myself to not be like condescending to my team where it's like some, it's like teaching somebody to walk in certain cases, like at least in, uh, mm-hmm. depending on the level that you kind of are managing in some cases, like I, I have to tell my kid this five times over, <laughs> tell my staff this thing like five times I, over, I, you know? And that's what people ask me. They're like, what's your job like? And I'm like, it's just like glorified babysitting. It's people. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tricky, man. So tell me about the podcast, though. The Outbreak podcast you've been doing. I was listening to you a little bit, um, running down like the PlayStation uh, news and everything like that. Like, how is it? How has it been? You're doing it on your own. Like, do you? Yeah, like, what's that journey been like, and where do you see that going? Well, um, when it started, I, I, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. I thought yeah. it was going to be something that, oh, maybe I'm, I'm, and I made this kind of joke on a couple of podcasts where it's like. I'm eventually going to evolve into like interviewing a guest every episode, kind of like what you do for this podcast. Right. But then I also, I used to take great offense to that, by the way, I'm perfectly fine (laughs) with it. If that's what you want to (laughs) do. But it's, I've always been interested in reaching out to and talking to people within the, the space, this Mm -hmm. creative space. Right. But I've always been sort of holding myself back. And I think it's just, I've been kind of giving excuses like, well, I don't have the the best work set up. So if the internet like craps out or something, then the the interview is a bust or yeah. I can't do it at home because I have no internet. So I'm always kind of putting up these walls and putting up excuses to do that. Mm-hmm. But I'd say to answer that second question you gave, like that's kind of where I see myself going with yeah. it. Um, I would like to eventually evolve into interviewing subjects within the space or whatever story I'm talking about, getting sort of a, a voice to sort of, also run down their thoughts with me on that for sure um but right now yeah it's just been so the podcast I, I tend to focus on gaming news like entertainment news so that could be like movies television yeah that sort of broader it's a very broad sort of entertainment podcast in mm-hmm. that way um and throughout the week um i will be you know, reading, trying to look for interesting stories to talk about or or timely stories, if you will. Yeah. And funny enough, of course, this last episode I recorded, which was discussing the PlayStation showcase, was supposed to be recorded last week. But as you know, there was mm-hmm. no podcast last week. And that was sort of for personal reasons. I just kind of sat down, looked at the wall and was like, I just don't feel like recording a podcast today. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was <laughs> so bold, was man. Like, I thought that was really good. I thought that was, yeah, that's, that's a decision for you and for you alone, really. Like that's sort of the freedom that you get when you do something by yourself too. And I sort of talk about it on my last episode too because I said to myself, like I'm I'm sort of in a position that I, I don't want to come to the table and, and record something and not feel like I 
like I'm like in it all all the way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I've gone into some episodes where I've recorded it, and when I turn it off, I'm like, oh my god, that sucked. Like that, like yeah, that was like what, my worst performance. You know, those are gonna happen though. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like that, that, that's absolutely gonna happen. And, and also, you're always gonna be your own worst critic. And this is, I feel like I'm talking to myself like a couple of years ago. You know, it's just yeah. like it's just whatever. It, the, the more you let go of that, and then, honestly, I feel like for me it was just like mileage, just like mm-hmm. reps and episode. Like there's, I think I was just checking. I think this is like episode like there's 260 some odd episodes on this feed. And it's just like, just insane. And after a while, you just, I don't know. It's funny. You just stop worrying about that stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it's, it, but doing it by yourself is tough, man. It's really tricky. Yeah. And I'd say like, I think I probably, or am closing in on, on 50 episodes now. Good on you, um, and you know, I still have those sort of like mental hiccups here and there where I'm kind of like, Oh, I don't know if this was good or not, but I'd say compared to last year around this time, exactly. like, my own comfort level with like my own voice, my speaking voice, and just sometimes just kind of, you know, being lighthearted with it and, and, you know, I'm not taking it so seriously a lot of the time, you know, I'm doing this. I want to be able to say like, I can listen to this and enjoy it for myself. Um, and I know that I enjoy it. Somebody else will enjoy it when they pop it on. And then it, it came to, you know, I was sharing this with friends and stuff, but then people at work started coming up to me and saying that like, Oh, you know, I just listened to your last episode and oh, I was like, cool, man. Oh, and, and that, that feeling is cool. So yeah. it's like, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for those, those people that I talk to that still listen. Yeah. Um, I'm also a part of a very nice podcaster community on discord as well to where I just, in a way like networking and sort of, you know, talking to different people with different types of podcasts on, on various subjects and, and just finding my niche there as well. But also, you know, the one thing that I do struggle with um, when it comes to like, I can record the podcast, I can edit it. That's fine. It's just the social media side of it. No, no that doubt. For one person, it's just like, Oh, it's, it's tough to really, you know, want to post something every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not the most social person. I don't know if you've noticed, but like even on like discord, I'm, I'm pretty quiet. Yeah. I, I will pop up once in a while. Uh, but I am, pretty quiet and that's something i'm also trying to work on but i'm also at a point now where i'm just kind of letting myself be i think i was a little too hard on myself for a while like you don't have to you know really like if you have something to say then then you say it but if you don't pretend like you know don't don't go on a platform and then just post gibberish if if you don't mean it or you don't like feel like it needs to be said um so, you know, if, if there's a conversation that's happening, I'll chime in if I have something to say to it or if I just want to share an article or share something here and there, I will. Otherwise, I, I don't know, With uh, across all the Discord servers that I'm on, like there's plenty of stuff to, to read and follow along. And if I'm feeling good that day and I feel like being social, I am. Otherwise, sure. I just kind of, you know. Doing, doing my thing. Well, and, and it goes trying back to focus to, on my content, right? So, yeah, it goes back to kind of like what we were talking about before, in that there's so many different, just like ways, so many different paths in life, like just so many different like ways to approach it. And I think even on social media, like it just extends to that. It seems like even more so that there's like this hyper focus, like you got to do step one, step two, step three, then you are growing on social, like equal success kind of thing. And it's just like, it's cause it's so, it can become very formulaic and very numbers based mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. It's like not really, 
natural, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, if it doesn't, if, if that's not where you find yourself doing, it's probably because it's, it's not really natural. I don't think to, to most people to like do tactic number one for social media and then roll on to tactic two. It's like, that's just not how our brains are really evolved. I don't think. Um, so, and I've, that's what I've really come to appreciate from a lot of people is just all these different ways of being. And if you've already kind of reached that state, then like, dude, that is, I think that, that, that speaks to a lot of your calm that I'm experiencing tonight, man. <laughs> Talk to me about this podcast community though, on discord though. What, what, what was that that you kind of briefly mentioned? Yeah. So it's, it was one of those things I knew when I was jumping into this podcast that I, I wouldn't feel as though I had achieved some form of success if I had not reach some new audience sure you know i could share it with friends and family on facebook and twitter until the cows come home but i i knew that i wanted to reach i wanted to build a community i wanted to find people who were also doing podcasts or also had similar interests um why why did you want to do that why did you want to find a community or build a community like what what's the why there i just i think with you know i of course, my own friends, like I have friends in my personal life who game and stuff like that, but nobody mm-hmm. that really does what I do, like yeah. podcasting and writing and that sort of thing. So I felt like I almost had to find that elsewhere. Yep. So I, that's when I found I was shifting online. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't really thought to do that. I don't, I don't know why, but I guess up until last year when I, I don't even remember how I stumbled upon, upon this community. I guess I was in another discord server and somebody found me and started talking to me and then they recommended me to this podcaster community discord Mm -hmm. and that's where i just you know i just started chatting every day i was sort of meeting new people there and um made some made some friends along the way um and just been promoting my podcast there as much as i can and trying to get just keep it up with the conversation even Mm -hmm. though it's a community of you know, like-minded individuals who all want to create content, different types of content, right? And not, it's not all gaming related. Well, there may be some there, but I also found too, that with a couple of the other, um, gaming podcasts that are out there, like including yours. Um, I was also a big fan of uh four player podcast. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Um, they're based out in Austin. They, they were like the big podcast I listened to that, got me into podcasting that's awesome yeah they have their own discord community so i wanted to be a part of all these different communities and see what people were talking about yeah so i jumped into um to your community i jumped into press yyz who's mm-hmm. also located here in toronto yep. four player podcast and i'm just trying to mingle trying to network here and there when i when i'm able to at least now that i'm at least in the door yeah um it's it's really up to me in my own time to be like okay well i'm gonna reach out and talk to somebody now um a lot of the time it's like with my schedule it's just hard for me to i mean like i have discord on my phone so i could shoot shoot a text here and there but Mm -hmm. it's it's hard for me mentally sometimes to just be like oh there's so many conversations happening. It's almost overwhelming. And that's why I'm <laughs> so, like, I, I, that's why I feel like an old man sometimes. I'm like, I just need a keyboard. Like, I just need to get off my damn phone. I need absolutely. a keyboard. How can anybody keep up? Like, I, I'm terrible at typing on my phone. And, uh, but I think many of us, many of us really are. I really tapped in on that answer, man. I know that I interrupted you a little bit, but I was like, I want to, I want to dig in a little bit there to understand that. And I, that it was, that was an actual, like, perfect response. Honestly, like, totally warmed my heart about it because, that's what so many of us do want is 
exactly what you said. There's there's friends who are kind of into it, but it's like, ah, you don't quite get it. And there's this, um, my friend N64 Josh talked to me about like this abundance on the internet. There are so many people and whatever you're into, like whatever, whether it's like the weird stuff that we're kind of into in games, or if you're like hyper into sports, whatever you're into, like you can find your people, you know, and that is so individual to every person. And, and so some people might say like, just go find another community, but like <clears throat> your, your response to that is so like, it resonates with me big time that you want to find your own and build your own thing. Like it kind of speaks to kind of what you're talking about before about like, somehow you're always the one taking the lead on stuff. Like, well, if, if somebody else isn't going to do the project or the whatever, then I guess I'll have to do it as well. And if somebody hasn't already created the community that like really quite clicks for you, it seems to me that like that is a totally natural outcome that you would fire up your own podcast and start up your own community. Like it just, I don't know. Have you ever kind of like reflected on like the parallels there? Or like maybe it's just part of this conversation that this has come up. It seems clear as day to me. So what start my own community? Yeah. It's just that, that this is all part of like that. This is so consistent actually just with like mm-hmm. you and your inclinations and, and into what you're into and what you do. It all seems very like it makes sense. There's nothing quite, I don't know. There's not like, a, not that I'm like looking for flags or anything, but it's like it all, everything just makes it. It's just consistent. I don't know how else this, to how to describe it like it's very will man like you've got it you, that's part of your brand i think is just creating some sort of space for you to i don't know like i said it's like a lot what a lot of us do but you doing the work is really mm-hmm. it like i just get a sense of drive from you big time yeah and and i think it goes back to um what i was saying earlier too about and i and i actually I kind of reflected on this a couple of months ago because I looked back and I thought to myself, like, man, where would I be if I didn't have the the podcast? Exactly. What would I be doing? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'd probably just trade that in with maybe doing YouTube content or maybe writing <laughs> like short stories. Sure. I was yeah. always kind of flip flopping between those. Like, I ho- haven't always been a podcaster. Like, right. I I'd probably kind of mentioned earlier, but I did have an old podcast I did with friends like several years ago. Mm-hmm. We stopped doing it around like 2016, 2017 when I moved away. Yeah. Um, because it was an in person podcast. So it just became harder to always meet in person. Yeah. Um, and before this was before like Zoom really took off and, and that and Discord and we weren't mm-hmm. really into any of those. But I always I, I kind of transitioned away from that to writing. I, yeah. I would go back and do my blog and I would build a calendar there and I would write content and just yeah. for myself and maybe anybody who was interested if I posted it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Like I'm just basically with with this podcast now, just it's just something to to scratch the itch and if anybody responds back and says that they they like it then i'm like okay that's awesome like yeah it gives me a reason to continue to do it for sure but at the same time if i were to stop doing this tomorrow i know that a part of me is always going to be like well i want to get back into this or i want to get back into that like i if i'm if i'm not doing something then i feel like there's a hole just a hole that needs to be like filled in in that space i like yeah. And, and again, it, it, it's that realization that I realized, like, I don't need to be paid to do this. Yeah. If I'm enjoying doing it, that's like, that's all that matters. 
Yeah, there's a very warm and clear kind of flow to you. Well, like it just seems like you're, I don't know, doing everything for the right reasons and getting all the gratification. But, you know, there's a challenges to everything. It's not like anything, anything, any of this is easy. Um, but every, every now and then I'll get the question too of like, if I stopped podcasting, if this wasn't like my main hobby, what would I do? And you touched on something like, that I actually hadn't thought of in a long time, but I probably, this is why I appreciate your, your clear flow that you've got going where I'm like, I it took you saying this for me to even think about it is um, writing short stories. I, I totally would be right there with you, man. If I wasn't doing yeah. this, I, I do think that I would be, I think that I would probably get a little tired of just playing games just to play games. Like if I wasn't talking about them, I honestly don't know that I would spend <clears throat> an equivalent. I don't know that I would replace podcasting time or content creation time with playing time i would probably replace that time with something some other form of yeah probably some some sort of writing and then still have my you know limited hours for for gaming i honestly don't know that i would increase that yeah and 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 i started i started writing short stories when i was eight yeah. in like elementary school and that's and i've always done that not as much now because i find transitioning into an adult the imagination that i had when i was a kid at just making stories has almost just like i almost need to put some form of realism into everything that i write right it really bogs down like my ability to just go out there with stories and to be descriptive and stuff like that um so you're on the straight and narrow there's no hallucinogenic no no uh (laughs) no drugs involved here (laughs) no no i've actually never i've never tried um you know, mixing drugs and writing stories or even alcohol and writing stories. I've never thought to, to try that. Um, well, uh, I don't want to, I don't want you to purge yourself uh, on the <laughs> podcast at all. But one thing that I will say, and again, like it's, it's so, it's so interesting being sort of like on the other side of the call here now where I, I remember getting, you know, unsolicited sort of, I don't even know if it's necessarily advice, but it's just sort of like a, for me with my kids, I've kind of talked about this on the show or one of the shows at one point where I'm like, I had this like amazing realization as I was walking around with Lincoln, my son, and he was shaking trees, pretending it was Animal Crossing. Like his imagination was just like, oh yeah, like that's what being a kid is like. It was like this revival of something that had been kind of quiet and and um ignored, maybe is the best way to put it. Like, oh I'm it's almost like an actual like kid inside I played psychonauts as well. So there's there's maybe a little <laughs> bit of this uh happening of like like the little 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 kid in my brain was there, but I'm just like, I've got bills to pay. I've got work to do. I've got other things. I'm just like in a minute, in a minute, in a minute. And I kind of had that realization. I shouldn't be shoving that, that thing, whatever it is, that part of me away when I saw Lincoln like shaking trees, like just going, enjoying life and, and laughing his ass off at just like things that really aren't that funny, but like, who cares? Let's go have a good laugh. And that is the true, at least in this moment, as I'm talking about, that is one of the truest joys of being a dad is just seeing your kids like discover things and mm-hmm. maybe reawakening that imagination, that that creativity that's been in you the, this whole time, a little quieter the last couple of years. It's been it's been such a joy to watch him grow up, too. And I I always appreciate the, the time that I do have between you know, working podcasting when I do get that one on one time with him. There's never any distraction. Like yeah, I don't put man. TVs on to distract him. I just kind of let him play with whatever he yeah. can get his hands on, except for cat food. He always seems to go for. <laughs> he makes a beeline for the cat food, and he knows that I I don't let him near it. What so, a tyrant! 
<laughs> like last weekend, I ha- I was sitting on the couch, and you know the cat food bowl is probably like three feet away from me. And he he saw it. He looked at me. Then he looked back at it, and just all of a sudden, that was the fastest I'd ever That's seen amazing. him crawl. Was just a like going right for Beeline. that cat food, and I'm mm. like, nope, and just redirect him towards something else. But he knows he, it's I forbidden. Watch him, I watch him pick up the the you know any of the toys and just kind of you know move turn them around in his hand, kind of like examine them. And I'm wondering like what, what's going through his head? What's he thinking when he's like, <laughs> when he's like yeah. looking at these toys, he takes this little toy pan and just starts kind of tapping his head. Like sure. what is, what is he doing? What is he thinking when he's doing that? But most of the time, like he's just having fun with whatever. And I can always get him to laugh and smile. And yeah. regardless of how bad a day that I've had, whatever has been stressing me out to come home to, been smiling laughing that just like washes everything away even for a a few moments you know what i mean it's that's Mm -hmm. that's one of the joys of parenthood really like i know when he gets older he's probably gonna go through a lot of (laughs) terrible twos or even the angsty teen like that don't worry about that yet man whatever you're in the moment dude and that's the other thing with my you know anxiety and stuff is i i can't look that far ahead i can't mm-hmm. always wonder about the what ifs behind the corner i just have to live in the now yeah, and that's man. just sitting down on the floor with him as he's playing and playing with him crawling around the floor like that's what matters now because i'm gonna have to remember that game because i've done it before but i've never actually i don't think heard it expressed in that way of um if i ever need like a grounding moment if i ever need like a, I'm, I'm worried about something else i should just like look at my kids and go like what is going through their minds right now? It's usually when they're doing something just ridiculous. But like, what is, what do you, what do you think about all day? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is a different world in there, dude. It's awesome. It's, it's the curiosity and endless curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like we've now put all the, the safety locks on all of our dress or drawers in the kitchen and everything. Cause he's trying to get into everything mm-hmm. and, it's, it never stops. You know, I even if it. you tell him, you can't tell him no, because he's like, well, I'm just going to continue to do it because yeah. I want to know and I want to I want to get into things and I want to discover things. Right. Yeah. So you almost you almost can't get mad at him for doing that because this yeah. is all part of him learning the world around him. Mm-hmm. So I just I'll gently redirect him away from cat food. It, it's not like a big <laughs> deal. He will come to understand that obviously grabbing the cat food and putting it in his mouth is not the best thing for him. I was going to say, time. yeah, that might be, that might be a lesson just best learned. And then you never have to worry about it ever again. Um, yeah. Well, I have to say, man, I, I've had such a great time chatting with you tonight. It's one of those things where I almost want to like put a reminder in my phone or my calendar or something. I want to check in on this episode at this point in time. And in a year's time, go like, where are you at? How are you doing? Like, I feel like you are, you are like absolutely on the right path, dude, for just so many amazing things to be happening for you. You're going to have a a one and a half year old. You're going to, you know, who knows what's going on with the life situation, with the job, like Mm -hmm. all these things. It's just like, I don't know. Like, do you feel like it seems like you're just on like this, this pivot point. You're on the precipice of big or at least many, many changes, dude. I, de- I definitely feel as though we are moving in the right direction. Good Albeit, for you. you know, it's going to be slow and steady, but of I course. know based on our history, based on where we, how far we've come, that we're going to get there. Yeah, man. And so that's that's really all that matters. And again, it's not it. It's about the just not stressing about what's to come and just sort of living in the moment. So and good. just continuing to practice that. That's what I 
just <laughs> keep telling myself to just keep grounding myself, as you said, right? So I, again, I would be curious to know too, in a year from now, I'd probably, if you ever called me back on, I'll listen to the last episode and be like, wow, oh, I was a completely, hopefully a completely different person <laughs> and that I am in a much better place then, you know, but it's that's... one of the it's one of the true blessings of of podcasting is this time capsule thing that sort of like happens like this is the moment right now it's it's bottled up and we'll throw it in the ground for a year and then we'll kind of like look back in a while and I always like at least for me and I I want to throw it back to you before we kind of close things out here yeah. um like after so many episodes of doing this I get to kind of reflect on that quite often and I don't know well I'll just quickly turn it back to you in terms of like when you finish recording a podcast, like how do you feel? Like when you're when you hit stop, like generally speaking, like how do you feel? Especially given that you do it for a variety of reasons of building the community is something you've always wanted to do. Like what kind of like atmosphere is in is in you when you stop recording your solo show? Well, um I'd say one part relief that it's done yeah i guess um i mean i always look forward to the editing surprisingly i, I yeah. enjoy that part um but you know depending on the what i'm talking about in the episode because a lot of the time i just have like a lineup of different stories to talk about i don't write a script really yeah. for anything i'm gonna discuss so it all kind of comes to me as i go if i if i turn the episode off and i sit there and i think to myself like you know that that was good you know i if i can find that i'm i'm cracking a few jokes here and there and sort of my end my end cap where i kind of shout to socials if because you know there is a, i think one episode that i recorded recently um i think it was episode 45 i said to myself at the end i'm like this is the best episode that i have recorded to date yeah. like i had so much fun recording that episode and I'm like, but I know that, that I will have another episode like that in the future. And that's mm -hmm. the one thing I, I, you know, I don't always have those like, oh, wow moments. But I do have a lot of moments where I'm like, that was good. That felt yeah. good. And that's and <laughs> so, yeah, would I would I absolutely love to have those? Oh, wow. That was great moments every time. Absolutely. It doesn't happen. But I mean, it's it always feels good to sit down and, and have it done and to yeah. be like, I've shown up for another week. Um, and I'm not stopping. No. That's that's more what the question was surrounding, and that's one of those. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make sure that I look back in a year's time, ask you the exact same question about that because, um, and I don't want to change your answer because the answer you gave was is the truest response to it. Um, but it was I'm gonna acknowledge just a little bit that it was focused on the content. And what I I'd love to just like get back to you in a year and go like I wonder what your what your response would be to what's your atmosphere after you're done recording and wonder if it's still on the quality of the content or if it's something else, you know what yeah. I mean? So, and you kind of got there near the end, but yeah, man, it's a, I'm intrigued by you. I don't know what it is, dude. Like I am, I, I don't know. I just want to, you were, I guess, I guess some of it is, um, very reflective of, of myself a couple of years ago on almost every front, man, just like you got your goals set, you got your podcast, you've got your kid, you're focused on your family. Like you're, you're doing the stuff. So that's very, yeah. Um, give me a couple flashbacks here for sure, dude. Um, <laughs> do you want to go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on the internet, all your stuff and, and direct them to the right places? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, the outbreak podcast, you can find, you know, I'm on basically all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Well, Instagram is just my personal account. Uh, but 
yeah, the Outbreak podcast. You search it I, on any of the listening platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, should be able to come up. Um, and try to avoid the COVID podcasts. Um, <laughs> just look look for the logo that looks like a spray paint, basically. Very cool. <laughs> That's, yeah. Nice, man. Well, again, yeah, thank you so much for carving out time. I know it's late over there and uh, somehow, you know, making the space at your work. It's all I have a huge amount of appreciation for our chat tonight, dude. Oh, thank you so much. And hopefully, hopefully the plant behind me is not on fire as I go back to work now. (laughs) That would be bad. Okay, so for those of you guys keeping track at home and of the ideas that I seem to just like come up with during these conversations, they're starting to add up here a little bit. They're starting <laughs> they're starting to pile up. Uh, we've got trading cards. I think there's been talk about a comic book at some point. Now they're talking about I'm writing a book. I don't know. Like it's just kind of like just life in general and and I guess life as a podcast or similar just as you as you get a little bit older, like you start to reflect on things a little bit differently. And and for me just capturing this this moment in time which while i'm in it it seems like it's it's lasting for a long time but like i'm gonna look back on this in in decades to come hopefully and go that was a nice cool that was a cool pocket of time of my life like i don't know i i guess i'm just not taking for granted that i can do this forever and i want to while it's fresh you know do do a little something something with it but anyways hopefully you guys really enjoy that i i just man Working all the hours, working, you know, doing it for the family, doing all the things, doing what's required. William Key, please support the man. All the links are in the show notes, you guys. That's that's the best thing. I try to keep the show notes pretty clean. You know, we've got our patrons, of course. All the all the links you need to do, just go in the show notes, click all the links, follow the people. And you can support the show if you're not already. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. You can go to patreon.com slash you Capri. You support this show, the Xbox Drive, the PlayStation Drive, the Nintendo Drive, the RPG Cave. You get Sweet Hangs as an exclusive now. Donnie and I are going to record that right away. Should be in the in the feed pretty soon here. And uh, a ton of reviews. We are now in the thick of review season here. Bunch of stuff coming to the PlayStation Drive, the RPG Cave. Stuff I'm, pl- I'm playing Tales of Arise right now. I'm going to be wrapping that up. I'm going to be joining Ryan and Matt on a review discussion for that. So stay tuned, guys. And thank you so much for listening. Did I say that already? Thank you guys so much for listening. We, we end the show with this weird bit from, from Heavy Rain. Signals the end. I don't have like a good way to say it other than bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll see you next time. Okay, take care. Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!